What is up, everybody? It is episode 94 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. This is an NFL Draft Series edition of the podcast. We are getting into five running backs in the NFL Draft that you need to get familiar with and get to know because we will be comping them, grading them, and giving our analysis on the top five running backs in this year's NFL draft, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, Kyron Williams, and Kennedy Brooks. Run the music. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me out in Vegas is my co-host and draft analysis expert, Matt Morris. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Well, it's good. Yeah, man. Uh, very excited for this. You know, this is, you know, post-quarterback. We are working our way to running backs. And I think I probably had more fun doing this than the quarterbacks because, you know, college quarterbacks are hard to anal- like analyze. The, there's a lot of different scheme fits, a lot of different conferences, a lot of different competition levels. Running backs, for the most part, like what you see on tape is what you're going to get. And uh, we like all five of these guys today. Um, I think I'm even more excited to break into six through 10 next week because, again, like these guys should be NFL ready, right? They should be guys that come in. And I think when we talk about them today, you're going to kind of see where the fits lie. But it was definitely an enjoyable time to talk about these guys. And I'm kind of fired up for a couple NFL teams like you might be talking about a change in landscape for some of these franchises that are able to maybe acquire a Brees Hall, uh, a Spiller, and then our guy Brooks as well. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that too, you know, we talk a little bit of fantasy football on the podcast as well. Like, which one of these guys can actually make an impact on your fantasy team next year? Because every single season, a rookie running back makes their mark, drops in draft boards where you can get really good value out of a late round pick, either in the first or the second round in your fantasy draft. For example, like a Najee Harris this past year who ended up top five in all PPR and regular running back format. So we're excited to get into these guys here. Um, We have a ton of analysis on all five of them. So Matt and I, if this is your first time here, we just basically grab the list from CBS Sports. We think that their analysis and their lists are pretty legit. We've been big fans of CBS basically growing up, so I guess it's kind of a homer site for us. So we're doing this based off the CBS listings, and then we'll give our top five at the end of the episode here. So let's run into our first guy. Let's go, baby. All right, Matt. So first guy on the list here is Isaiah Spiller, 6'1", 215 out of Texas A&M, three-year starter out of Texas A&M. He was honestly starting as a freshman all the way through this junior year. Uh, Really, really solid running back. Great size. I think the best size out of anyone in the class. Very lean. Doesn't look like he's 6'1", 215 on the field. What were some pros that you had for Spiller based on the the, uh, tape? Yeah, Spiller's very exciting. Uh, playing that spread offense, that zone running style at times with Texas A&M, plus plus RB uh, receiving skills is what I have for him. Great acceleration. He has the ability to stop and start on routes, which is really important in the NFL. Kind of gives him that shifty gadget ability. Um, one move shrugs was a, was a big thing that I really liked from him. He has the ability to make that first guy in the second level, that linebacker position, possibly a, a blitzing safety miss. That's going to be really big for yards after the first contact. 
vision is elite. He has the ability to find his holes, accelerate through the holes. Uh, and then again, ability to find the holes, zero fumbles in three years. Huge and you said stat. It at the, huge stat. I mean, we're talking about something that almost always translates to the NFL. And our guy that we have next actually struggles with that. So that might be one of the big reasons ball control that teams choose Spiller over some of these other guys. Size and age, you said it. You know, he's 20 years old. He turns 21 in August. So you're going to get a very young back. He's 6'1", 215, like you also said. That's going to be size to hold up in the NFL. Comps here were really hard for me. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot. I'm not going to actually comp Isaiah Spiller. I'm going to let him kind of play out his as his NFL career. We kind of threw the names like Reggie Bush out there. Uh, Travis Etienne is another guy that comes to mind. We didn't see Travis play last year. But tall, lean, fast, you know, a guy that hopefully can provide a big impact and be a playmaker in the NFL. Some of the cons I have on him. Uh, second level speed is okay. You know, he has that explosiveness. He has that acceleration. But second level speed is something that isn't, you know, a, a four three five. I think he runs a 4-4. Four, four. So he's still going to have to compete to outrun some of those safeties if he wants home run balls. Uh, pass blocking, he needs to improve in pass, pass blocking. Again, playing in a spread offense wasn't relied on a lot, oftentimes on a rollout. Um, and then spread offense, he needs to improve. He needs to operate in a pro system, and he needs to show us that he can be a starter day one. I think it may take him five, six, seven weeks, kind of like Williams did this past year for Denver, to really get the pro system under his books. Uh, those are the cons I have for Isaiah Spiller. Team fits, we're going to have kind of all the same team fits here. <laughs> yeah. I have, you know, like there are only maybe five, six teams that absolutely desperately need a running back right now. Um, but I have Ravens 45 in the second round, Seattle 41, Miami 50. I think he'd play really nice with Tua down there in Miami. Yeah, and the team fits. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's not a ton of like really, really running back heavy teams. I think for any of these five guys, honestly, um, I think the team that I want to see draft one of them is the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills, and we kind of banged this drum the entire NFL season, if they could establish an actual run game that wasn't uh, predicated through Josh Allen, they would really, really help themselves out. And on top of that, would kind of avoid situations like they had in Kansas City where they could give their defense more time to rest, not have them so gassed out because they're so running gun on offense. They're on the field, off the field. Um, I think Buffalo is the team I want to see take, honestly, any four out of these five guys that we're going to talk about today. With the cons, Matt, I, I had all those ones written down as well. I thought you did a pretty solid analysis there. The biggest problem I had with Spiller was that he was getting chased down. I not that he's not fast. He was making really big plays, had a couple big runs, but consistently I saw on his 20, 30, 40 yard runs is he was getting chased down. Now he did play in the sec. So that is a pretty nice comp to see what it would be like in the NFL as is they have the best athletes in all of college football. It has been pretty much proven throughout the past decade. Uh, that was my biggest concern with him. The pass blocking, not as concerned. The getting used to the pro-style office, not as concerned because that's coaching, that scheme. If he gets drafted by the right team, that shouldn't be an issue. The one thing is I would love to see him break away from people more, and that just wasn't apparent in the film. As I mean, far as at, the... At go times, ahead. he got chased down by linebackers. You know, yeah, like... It, it, was it was like... concerning. Yeah, it was concerning. And it's like, dude, yeah. you should have the ability to blow by people. He's a big boy, though. I'm also wondering, is it... Um, is it the angles? You know, can he improve the angles in the NFL where he's forcing those linebackers and those safeties to chase farther? You know, like that's something in college that I don't think is often uh, taught, but definitely I agree with you. 
Yeah, that that was the biggest concern for me because things like every single guy on this list, outside of maybe Brees, um, could could get better at pass blocking, right? Like I, I think that's not something that's really much of a concern in ninety five percent of programs outside of the Alabamas, outside of the Ohio States, the the blue chip we can call them, right? Um, but pros for this kid. I mean, he's a stud. Like you said, the zero fumbles is something I will always, always put up and mark you as a higher caliber prospect with something like that. Um, the availability didn't get hurt in three years. You really love to see that. And he runs hard as hell, dude. Not easy to tackle. If you put on his highlight tape and even just go up to some of his film with the really good teams that he played against, the Floridas, the Alabamas, the big, you know, juggernauts of the SEC. Guys, if you go at if you go at Spiller High, he's bouncing off of you. You can't tackle him. Broke a ton of tackles, and I thought that was really awesome. And then lastly, he does have really good hands. Great catching out of the backfield wheel routes. Um, I think that's something that is a necessity to be a high-value draft pick in the NFL nowadays as a running back, and he definitely checks those boxes. So I did do a comp, and I agree with you, Matt. It was not easy. We kind of discussed this yesterday when we were talking on the phone. I was like, dude, this guy's... He's different, right? And I like to do my comps based on guys that are currently in the NFL because rarely do we say like, oh, this guy's going to be the next Barry Sanders, right? Like that, <laughs> saying stuff like that, in my opinion, is uneducated and it, it's not good for the listener. Like, let's who could we actually comp this guy to as an NFL player that you watched this last year? For me, it comes down to two guys, and I think this could be kind of the Florida ceiling of what he can be. Is uh, I, I like the Latavius Murray comp. And that's more of the, the the Raiders Latavius Murray. Latavius in his prime, running for 1,000 yards, um, even when he had that one season with the Vikings. Really lanky, really fast, kind of gets stood up and tackled in the in the backfield if he's not you know hitting his hole right. Um, and then the other one is Chris Carson, running hard as hell, catching the ball, being an elite running back. But obviously, as we've talked about, Carson has injury issues. I hope that doesn't happen to Spiller. I think those two guys are what I'm seeing right now from the college film. And I, and I, those are great backs. Like I, I could actually see him making an impact like those two guys. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on with Latavius Murray uh, earlier in his career, right? Like Latavius did flash that speed. Honestly, one that comes to mind too, and he, he is out of the league now, but same body type, Darren McFadden, you know, a little Ooh, taller as I well. I like that. Yeah. Um, McFadden and I think, was faster for sure, but yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think Spiller might be almost a better running back because I think McFadden, dude, he was a freak of he was a freak of nature. Like he was, yeah, he was Adrian unreal. I think Peterson he was a, I think he was a Heisman finalist his yeah, last dude. year in college. Maybe he was right there. I mean, at, at Arkansas, just a freak of nature. And when he came yeah. to the NFL, it was kind of like, well, you weren't polished enough as a running back to kind of <laughs> know how to do the running back position. And I think that's why he struggled so much. Spiller is a polished running back prospect. So wherever he goes, you know, sure there are going to be some things that you want to work on or some athletic um, traits that you'd like to see more of, but he's ready to at least contribute. And I think all of these guys too, right, Matt, we talked about this best suited second round. If teams are going to take these guys in the sure. first round, I just don't think We're they're going to get the same value. 29 yeah. to 32, probably, yeah. you yeah. know. All right, moving on to our next guy, someone that we've been talking about in our draft series since last year. It was Brees Hall out of Iowa State, 6'1", 220, so super comparable to Isaiah Spiller. These numbers are just based on their uh, player profiles, too, because these guys haven't uh, attended the combine yet, got their official measurements. That's happening this week while we're recording this podcast, so we'll probably get a little bit more on, like, I'm sure he's maybe 5'11 and a half or 6 feet, you know, People lie on the scorecards and in your programs. I was six two on my basketball team. 
Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, me personally, I'll, I'll start here. Uh, Brees Hall is my favorite running back in this class. Uh, he's 20 plus touchdowns, two straight seasons. Last two, excuse me, two seasons ago in 2020, he led the entire nation in rushing. Um, I think at the end of the day, man, this guy just has it, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is he has the vision, he has the quickness, he has the speed, and he has the durability to be a pro NFL running back. So I could see this guy being a three down back for the right team in the NFL. He has great breakaway speed. He's unbelievable in the open field at making people miss. Um, and I think one of the things that I was really impressed by Brees Hall this season was that he was the featured guy. He was the guy at Iowa state led the, led the nation in running the year before. So their quarterback fucking sucked. Their line was not very good. And he was playing with a lot of stacked boxes in the games that he played this season at Iowa State. And similar to a gentleman like Jonathan Taylor, his last year at Wisconsin, he was still able to perform. He was still able to light up good teams. Um, and I just I can't have enough good things to say about Brees Hall. The one issue he does have is he had fumbling issues similar to Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. So if he can get that cleaned up, I think once again, I talked about Buffalo when we were talking team comps, I think Brees Hall on a team like the Buffalo bills on Tampa Bay, on some of these contenders that you see throughout the league, you get that guy and plug him in. I think he automatically brings an uptick in your productivity as an offense in the NFL. I love Brees Hall. I think he's, I think he's deserving of a late first round. Yeah, Matt, you couldn't have said it better here. Brees Hall, number one running back in this class for both of us. It is a far margin as well. I think Brees Hall, if there's anybody in this class that could be a three, four, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, it's Hall. Uh, you talked about the explosive acceleration, the explosiveness second and third level. He's a one-cut back as well. Once he makes that cut, makes that linebacker miss, he is gone. He's a home run hitter. He's got the opportunity at all times to take the ball to the house. Now, he doesn't play with his size as much as I would like to see for a guy that's 6'1", 220. You're talking about a guy that should be able to put his shoulder down and just train over the top of you. He's going to need to lean into that size a little bit more. You're talking about a guy that can already probably run at a 4.35 is what they have him listed on online right now. We're going to need to see that at the combine translate. If you're talking about 4.3 speed, you're talking about possibly our only first-round running back here. And you talked about pairing that with Buffalo. Uh, I think Brees Hall on Buffalo takes that team to the absolute next level. I think you pair Allen and Hall together. You're talking about running the ball 35 to 45 times a game. What was that number we wanted this year? Oh, yeah, 45 times a game. <laughs> so I think Hall with the Buffalo Bills would take them to the next level. A couple of the cons I have, I kind of said it, doesn't really use that size to his advantage yet. He is a younger guy, so we are going to have him develop a little bit more. Uh, his vision needs to be just a little bit better. Matt, you had said it. We watched the, the film on him, and I think I watched the most film on Hall. There were a lot of times, especially playing in the Big Ten, where he's running into his offensive lineman. His offensive lineman, at least in the 2021 season, had the inability to continue to push the defensive line downfield. They got stood up a lot. So Hall didn't have the opportunity to really utilize that vision to his advantage. I want to see come NFL preseason, come first couple of weeks of the season, him kind of taking that patient approach at the line, letting holes develop, and then using that acceleration, using that speed and that cut ability to miss those linebackers. And then last um, last trade I have for him, he isn't a great pass blocker. You said it. These guys are young. It's going to take time. With I don't that think size, any of these guys are, yeah. Yeah, with that size, he shouldn't have any issue in the pro level developing a pass block. I did add in here, I'd like to see him in a run, uh, run zone scheme. That is every single one of these players. 
Hall is not going to be a power back maybe for the first two, three years in the NFL. I think he could develop into that down the road. When you're not using a power back, you need to have that zone run scheme, allowing them to have the holes and to use that acceleration. His acceleration is his biggest weapon. I have him as a comp, and this is going to hopefully come true. This would be amazing. Um, I have him Jonathan Taylor. If you can come out and be Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, you've got all the physical, tangible traits that Taylor had. You have the speed. You have the fumbling ability. But you have all (laughs) of the abilities, I think, in the right position. That could absolutely be the case. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate the comp. Um, You know, he was up there competing with guys like Jonathan Taylor throughout his career here in college. So I definitely don't hate the comp. I decided to take him to a little bit below the tier of Jonathan Taylor. I actually, after doing more research and pulling up this guy's tape from the NFL this year, I think I like to the Antonio Gibson type. Um, Reason being is he's really good. He's got great hands out of the backfield as well. And I think Antonio Gibson is a really realistic competition (laughs) competition comparison of what Brees Hall could actually be as well. Um, A home run hitter, a three down back, a change of pace player on their team just needs to go to the right system. What do you think of him with the Ravens and Lamar? I think he'd be amazing. I think I, he'd be amazing. I'm salivating and, and, over and thinking just, about and just, this. And, th- and don't forget, they still have Gus the Bus Edwards and fucking J.K. Yeah. Dobbins too, right? Like both those yeah. guys coming off big injuries, which you're going to need to pair up a, you know, all these guys, Spiller, Hall, Walker, I think they do need to be paired up. They're not, you know, they're not necessarily the three down backs. I'll make an argument for one of those guys, but I think Hall could do it. But I just think you it's going to be with, a lot. Yeah, yeah. You pair him with Lamar, man. Like Lamar, Allen, right? It'd Kyler Murray. It would be very fun. It would be very fun, and you would see that um, that yards per carry I think go up just a tick too because. We saw it with Brooks down the list here, right? You talk about running a, a pro style spread offense with a versatile running back or a versatile quarterback. Oh, it's just so much more dangerous for that defensive line. Yeah, right. And just even think about any of these guys in New England too, with Damian Harris, right? Stevenson, like these, you know, these guys have real, real p- uh, potential to have playoff championship impact um, right here in this next upcoming season. All right, so to the third guy on our list and for our episode today, I think this is the guy that you and I are probably going to disagree on the most with just as far as potential, pros, cons. Um, is Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State? 5'10", 210 pounds, transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State this season and just went on to lead the Big Ten in rushing this year. It looked amazing. I think he was like second or third in touchdowns this year. Um, thing that I put in just, you know, the biggest game that you could basically check off was the Michigan game. He scored five touchdowns, but more importantly, I think for that, like, in my opinion, he was the best player on the field that day, including Aiden Hutchinson. So that's something that I liked about Kenneth Walker. I will let you start with your pros and cons. Actually, let's start with pros only go over your pros. I'll go over my pros and then we'll move to cons. Okay. Um, I really quick want to interject something that we talked about last episode and maybe off the air, And it was something that when we're evaluating these running backs, I think is a complete contrast from the way NFL scouts might be evaluating as well as like national media. Matt, you and I both really, really, really um, elevate a guy that has been carrying the ball for one, two, three years with volume, right? We talked about this off the air, especially if you've been the workhorse guy like Brees Hall or, or Spiller, you've proven durability. 
A lot right. of the times you get to the pro level, one of the big knocks on you as well, you have uh, you have wear and tear in your body. That is not how I personally view these running backs anymore. I am looking for the guys that go out there, show that durability, show that they can take the hits and translate to the NFL that I've got a day one starter, a guy that's going to give me three, four, five years of productivity because he is durable. Right Now, that is going to be something that we talk about Walker here in a little bit, but you're right, man. Volume of carries, the ability to play in the Big Ten, runs with conviction. That was the biggest thing. It looks like his ears are literally on fire when he hits the ball, running downhill, but at the same time, looks for those opening holes. You know, you're talking about Big Ten defenses. Like you don't have a lot of time to make decisions. When that when that hole clogs up, Walker's immediate reaction is find the next hole. If it means he has to go left to right and find it on the opposite side of the line, he was able to do that, especially in the Michigan uh, Michigan State-Michigan game, where a lot of the time that Michigan defense was making life very challenging on the offensive line for Michigan State. Um, Again, quick to the outside. That's something I really liked. I'm not sure it will translate to the pro level. Walker had the great ability to break outside the box and really head outside the hash. That's something that's more of a college ability, but it showed that explosiveness and it showed the ability to accelerate on a dime in all reality. I think that speed will help him in the NFL. He's going to have to learn how to do two, three cut movements so that when he gets to the outside, he can either make a spin or make a cut to continue downfield. He takes hits well. I don't love Walker's size. He's not a thicker frame guy his legs aren't really that big which really concerns me but when you talk about him taking a hit also carrying the ball 20 25 times a game he showed the ability to stay healthy Uh, he might just be one of those variable guys that is kind of outside the mold where his durability holds up Um, but those are my pros for Kenneth Walker the third yeah, I, I had really similar pros to that as well. Uh, the first thing is to the point that you brought up, right? Something that you and I take really like pride in on this podcast that we're going to value um, is durability and longevity in college, right? Like, hey, awesome, you did it one year, but these guys, two, three years of productivity is great. Even his numbers at Wake Forest were solid, mm-hmm. and that was at Wake Forest, right? They suck. Um, yeah, I put nine out of 12 games, went over 20 rushes and didn't seem to miss a beat once all season. I uh, had multiple 40 yard rushes this year where it didn't seem that he ran out of stamina whatsoever. Five touchdown game against Michigan, where he literally was carrying Michigan State on his back. Um, yeah, the one cut and go. That was the biggest thing I bolded on my list here is you can see him. Not that he's Adrian Peterson, but that's who was the best at the one cut and go, man. Like he saw the hole, put his foot in the ground and he was fucking gone, you know, and he just didn't care. That's where he was going, saw the hole and ran with conviction. That's a that's a trade I saw out of Kenneth Walker, the third. And you brought up his size. And that was one thing I was actually surprised with when I saw his intangibles and his measurement was that he was 5'10", because every time I watched the Michigan State game and then running back through the tape on his season, he runs way bigger than 5'10", 210. I thought he was 6'1", 6'2", watching him out there on the field. Obviously, going back in hindsight and watching the tape is like, oh, wow, he's actually a smaller dude. Um, but he doesn't run like that. And I think that is a massive pro because at the pro level, you're going to be taking hits and you're going to need to be delivering the punches as an NFL running back instead of taking them. So that was my biggest pros for him. Yeah, some of the cons that I have to start off here uh, needs to commit to the whole open up his vision a little bit. And that's that's not a knock on his ability as a running back. It's more of a pro to his athleticism, his ability to kind of uh, commit 
and and then make up his own plays, kind of that gadget running back that we've talked about a lot, really allowed him at Michigan State to, to make plays. At the pro level, you're not going to have the same ability to kind of just you know whip up a play yourself on the dime. He's going <laughs> right. to need to be able to commit to the hole and utilize his vision to use that one cut and go mentality. It's something that I saw a lot in that Michigan game. Again, that defensive line was pushing so heavily, he kind of had to just whip, whip it up. Uh, route tree needs development. I think if Walker can open up his route tree, you're talking about a very explosive, you know, first round talent. But as of right now, a lot of the guys coming out of the Big Ten, they don't have the opportunity, the same as some of the other conferences, to really showcase their receiving ability. With his elusiveness, with his explosiveness, you're talking about a guy that can take it to the house at any time. Give him the ball as much uh, as much as you can in space. That is coming from his route trees as a receiving running back. Sure. Again, zone style, didn't run the zone style at Michigan State. Would love to see that in the pro level. Uh, my ultimate like view on him is a backup running back for the first couple of years as he develops that route tree, as he starts to take to bigger, faster competition. I think he has the ability to become a starter once fully developed. Uh, Nakim Hines, and I'm talking about a better version of Nakim Hines down there in Indianapolis. I, I think, again, you're talking about the explosiveness in open field. You're talking about the vision that he has, the one-cut ability. Nakim's only knock and really the pro level is he can't run the ball with volume. Walker can run the ball with volume. I think we're talking about a very, very good starter on hopefully what will be a good position second-round pick here for Walker. Yeah, so my cons are that the hands, that's an issue. They looked fine, but he didn't give as much of an opportunity. He did drop a decent amount as well throughout this season when thrown to him. And then, yeah, in that Michigan game specifically, we both analyzed that film pretty good. And, yeah, you could see him get caught behind the line of scrimmage. And, like you said, kind of improv a little bit. You can't get away with that in the NFL especially against elite NFL defensive lines and linebacking cores. So those are things that I'd like to see him work on, but I'm, I'm much more bullish on Walker than you are. I think he's an immediate starter in the NFL right now for a team that probably can rotate two backs, which is 90% of the league outside of Derrick Henry. Right. Um, so I, I actually see him as a best case scenario as like a David Montgomery type, someone that you can run 20 to 30 times a game, really lean on, make sure that you have balance on your offensive team, a cold weather team as well as I think something that would be a really good fit for the Kenneth walkers of the world Buffalo. Um, and I also see him as a Josh Jacobs type, Josh Jacobs, definitely more of an elite back as far as it comes to the route tree in the hands. But where I see the Josh Jacobs out of Kenneth is the speed and the ability to deliver punishment when he's running. I think Jacobs is one of the hardest running backs in the league, which is why he's always hurt is because he runs so hard. Um, but those I, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic on Kenneth Walker. And when we go over our top five, it'll show compared to yours. But I think that's what I'm actually expecting out of him. And what I saw this year at Michigan State, what I think should transfer um, into the NFL for Kenneth. Yeah, and I would say that's the only concern I have for him is I just I'm worried about the durability. This is something that, you know, you're very strong on your bullish on, as you said. Um, and I think it's why I'm going to rank him where I am. I'm just concerned about that lower body half. And we've sure. seen it before. We've seen it. We've seen it work in the NFL. I'm just a guy that, hey, I would like to see a few games in the NFL. I'd like to see that David Montgomery, because again, man, to be able to draft a guy that can tote the ball 20 times a game. That is a massive asset. I mean, you're talking about very few guys that can do it. So if Walker can do it, I think you're spot on. All right, moving on to the last two guys here on our top five list from CBS is Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. 
This kid is, I think he's the ultimate question mark out of the top five, definitely. I think he could really, really be good or just be a guy that kind of fizzles out. So the big issue, and we'll get into it right here, 5'9", a buck 95. Once again, going back to the program size, I he's going to need to measure 5'9 at the combine. If he's in the 5'7 the 5'8s of the world, that's probably not going to be great for him, right? Two-year starter at Notre Dame, very electric. He won his job at Notre Dame. They didn't bring him in there to be a starter. Low-star recruit ends up being a two-year starter at, at Notre Dame. And his his highlights are electric. He's a really, really fun player to watch. Um, I had all my pros here, and I think this is the biggest pro that you could have is he's the best pass catcher in the class, in my opinion. I think he's the best receiver of the football out of all of the running backs here. And as we move into this modern NFL, that matters a lot. And I think that will jump him up draft boards, especially if he tests out really well at the combine. Um, he's the shiftiest of all of the backs in the class, in my opinion, the size there, great lateral quickness. Um, and I thought he actually had a really solid stiff arm on a lot of his tape. He went to the stiff arm and used it effective for his size once again. And then lastly, the thing I put on here, that is just something that stood out immensely to me is they would even line him up in the slot like they do with Kamara, like they do with the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. And that will find a spot on an NFL roster guaranteed. So those are my big pros for Kyron Williams, really electrifying player. Yeah. And I think we have the, uh, the same con, which you said it, it is he's a little, only he's a little size. dude. Yeah. It's size, you know, then that maybe body type, maybe you can add 10 pounds in the pro level. That'll help with durability. Um, my pros are very similar. Great route tree. Best receiver in this class for running backs. There's no question about that. He's got good hands. That goes into the ability to catch the ball. Uh, patient, waiting for blocks to develop. That's an, uh, that's an above-age ability in the NFL as well. You've got to be able to allow your big guys to, to create those holes for you, especially when you don't have the size to do it yourself. Uh, vision is a plus. Does lower his shoulder without fear. That's something that could lead into uh, durability concerns in the NFL. Definitely, it could also yep. just be you know playing above your size. And you talked about it, aligning in the slot, his absolute dominant position, his good footwork. He creates separation very quickly, and he also contests balls very well. I saw a few uh, tapes with him in the slot where he has a slot cornerback on him, and he's putting his body in a position to have the upper hand on that uh, on that the ball to ball play when the ball finally arrives, and he he catches it without fear. Those are things I love because we talked about getting guys in space. You know, he's going to have the ability to catch balls, make a guy miss, and then go. My big thing for him, too, is that a lot of the uh, Notre Dame running backs, as I say, the last five, six, seven years, they do not translate well to the NFL. I know the Packers had a guy last year, uh, looked okay. You know, a lot of the Notre Dame guys just haven't been able to translate because they are lower tier recruits. They do perform well at Notre Dame. That's also going to be a knock for me. Can a program finally break through and develop a guy that's going to be very useful in the NFL? I think if Williams goes to a team that's really looking to have a pass down third back receiver, that's really looking to get into space uh, and slowly develop as an actual interior running back, this is your guy, but it's going to take time. I definitely don't see him as a day one starter. I don't know that I ever think of him as an actual starter in the NFL. No, I think he I think he has a long tenured career as a as a third down back, as a pass catching back. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of him in the return game, but if he has that to, you know, put into his arsenal, 
you know, that's really, really good. He is a a very good returner. That was one thing. So you're drafting a dual threat player, right? A guy that you can use multiple positions. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So I I see him as a third down back too, man. Like there's just at the end of the day, guys that small that you cannot be a number one running back in the NFL for more than maybe one season, right? Like it's just not realistic. Uh, My comparisons. And I actually thought of a second guy while we were chatting here. I was dead set on one. And this is the one I feel the best. Don't steal mine. Don't steal mine. No, 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 I didn't. Uh, is uh, is Tariq Cohen. So that's who I thought of immediately upon watching all the film. Uh, Chicago Bears superstar, uh, returner, gadget guy, just freak of nature athlete. I think that is a great Kyron Williams comp, especially with the size. And the second one, this guy's a little bit taller, but I just it just kind of came to me was like a Dexter McCluster type, right? Another guy who's in the league right now, Jerry Mc, Jeremy McNichols for, for Tennessee, right? Like these guys that you see running on third down, make a big play, catch a screen, go for 60. Like, that's Kyron Williams and that there's that's not a bad thing so I've got one that I literally just came up with I want to know your thoughts okay Okay. and I think this player is his uh his inabilities are masked by the playmakers around him I have his comp is Clyde Edwards Hilaire Uh, see I knew you were gonna say that right when you prefaced it with that Hilaire is way better than this guy See, he is, but again, what if similar? Similar, but what if Clyde had gone to a different team outside the Chiefs? Right, small body type, better receiver than he is running back. Honestly, not explosive speed to the outside, and I think Williams is bigger. I think Williams could be a better version of Alaire. Alaire's biggest issue is he gets hurt all the time and he can't run interiorly, right? Like he can't run really within the line because he's just too small. Yeah, I'm going to comp him as Clyde Edwards. I like it. I know. I like the. I like the comp. I think it's. I think it's a good one. Uh, I think Hilaire's a little bit better, but they are a very similar body type, run style, play style because they're both tough. Well, that's one thing I think, about DH is he he runs tough, and that's yeah. where he gets in trouble, right? And I think had Clyde not been taken in the first round, you know, we see more value in what he is. I th- I think the Chiefs just fell in love with him, and they reached. In all honesty, I think Clyde as a lower second round pick would have been a fantastic pick. But you said it when you take a guy in the first round, he better be a starter for 14 games a season, right? Sure. And and Clyde and Williams, they just don't have the they size to like hold it. up, right? Because because they're 5'9", they're 5'8". Like, that's a big detrimental piece for you. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch his NFL career develop and and uh, to, show, to show us if he can be more of a running back than just a receiving back. All right, Matt, our last guy here. And I think this one is the uh, this is the ultimate secret or just a guy who will be a bust is Kennedy <laughs> Brooks out of Oklahoma. 5'11", 215, really solid size, three-year starter at Oklahoma. Um, this guy is, he's different, man. And these Oklahoma offenses, they always make me, they're so college style that it really makes me, uh, wonder how much of this film is legit right because playing with caleb williams playing with jalen hurts man like there's some plays where the design of the play or that read option is just so dirty that it makes you know it makes kennedy look better but now you're seeing that translate in the nfl now like we talked about lamar earlier on the episode josh allen uh jalen hurts in philadelphia there's a lot of teams that run that you know basically spread read option Oklahoma style offense so I definitely think he translates let's go over his pros first here Mac you go ahead first uh ball security number one something we really really liked as well as yep. uh similar to Spiller there 
stays within himself, isn't trying to do too much at the line, his durability, footwork, and vision. He's able to shift his feet in the run, uh, run zone scheme and find his hole, find his blockers. That's something that's really big for me. Now, mind you, you had just mentioned it, running that read option. You watch at the interior of the defense, there oftentimes wasn't an interior of the defense because they were so overcommitted to with, right. um, containing those quarterbacks on the outside that you had guys like Powers as the left guard just literally pushing the mid-tier linebackers on the field. Interesting to see how that translates, but he's able to find his hole. He's able to accelerate through it. And we're talking about a guy that once he has committed to his hole, he is gone. Again, I would like to see more top end speed, but his ability to go 20, 30 yards, really make guys miss was really big for me. But when you have those holes created at such an easy rate, you should be able to do that. So Kendry Brooks, like you said, kind of a, a home run guy or a complete bust. I want to see what happens at the NFL level. But what I saw was a guy that can absolutely take advantage of that second tier. Um, he's going to need to be drafted by a team that has a good offensive line and ultimately doesn't run that power scheme. He's, again, right. another guy that needs that zone running scheme to to utilize his abilities. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I thought he had elite breakaway speed. Um, I'll start off the cons here in a second, but I, I thought once he got to that second level, once he was going, he was gone, man. And if you watch the the ceiling of the absolute peak of what this guy can be, which was the Texas tape from this last year, man, um, running away from guys, running over guys, getting off arm tackles, um, things that you love to see out of a running back, not going down easy, carrying his team and making big plays out of nothing is is what I had as just kind of a summary of all the pros that come from Kennedy Brooks, right? Um, the zero fumbles is great, but then you go into the cons. The reason that he's fifth here, because all that stuff is amazing, is he doesn't have anything that jumps off the film for you. And what I mean and what, what that means for me is I don't see him make runs and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was the best run or most explosive run I've ever seen. Um, I noticed a couple things on these zone reads in particular, and even some of his big touchdown runs, is it takes him multiple steps to get up the field. Unlike the Kenneth Walker example from earlier, where it's just kind of boom, foot in the ground, and I'm off, right? The best person of that, the Adrian Peterson, one foot in the ground and I'm gone. He doesn't have that. And I think that's a big reason he's lower down on the list, right? And that's unfortunately something that, you can't really coach, right? You either kind of have that elite athleticism or you don't. And I don't think he does. Um, and he doesn't have that burst. It takes him a second to get to that speed. But once he gets there, he's he's gone. He's a lightning rod. But that those are really big things that I was bummed out in seeing because he has a lot of really promising film. I think he could be the absolute sleeper of this class if taken by the right team. Um, but he's definitely fifth on these guy on this list out of, pure running back athlete wise you know it's hard because we talk about speed here and there are different parameters of speed right we're talking about second third level speed which is that breakaway speed and then you look at the explosiveness and the elusiveness and the acceleration right those are all very different things when you talk about um explosiveness and acceleration what we're talking about is a guy that gets from first level to second level in a flash right and i think walker has that i think Brees hall has that when you're talking about brooks he doesn't really have that and, and that's a big knock because when you're talking about being in the NFL, those holes are tighter. They're not, you know, completely spread open with guys over committing on the outsides and you're going to need to explode through the hole. Yep. So are we really going to be able to see that speed that we talk about second, third level where he isn't, you know, running past guys? 
you got to have the time to build up to that speed. And I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll really look at his 40 tape and see, okay, how quickly does he get to that top end speed? Is it 10 yeah. yards? Is it 15 yards? Is it seven yards? Because some of these guys, two, three steps, they're at full speed. Brooks does not have that. So what, those are the yep. big lacks that I have. Lacks explosiveness at the line. Um, and lacks elusiveness. This isn't an elusive running back. This is a guy that needs yeah, to get to the he, second tier. He thumps people too, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yes, he does. So my comp with that thumping people uh, comment there, Devontae Foreman for the Tennessee Titans this past year, who did take over for Henry when he was gone, had some really nice games. And, you know, we saw a very big run from Foreman in the playoffs when um, when Henry was back. I think Foreman had like a 50-yard run. But yep. he was chased down. Yep. But same type of guy, I think Brooks is a little bit faster all around, a little bit smaller. Yep. But I think Foreman's going to have a really good career now that he's with the Titans. You know, a guy that kind of fizzled out a little bit early years. But again, you said it, Brooks needs to go to the right team, needs to go to the right system. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a tough time comping him. His tape reminded me a lot of Javante Williams from last year, but Javante had that elite step. You know, he had he was hurdling. I don't know. He just had a little bit more of that next level of athleticism. So I put similar to Williams in size and ability in tape, but just not as athletic. So that's kind of a weak ass comp. But that's what I'm going to go with, because I couldn't really put my finger on anybody there. I loved your your form. And once you brought it up, obviously a little bit smaller as far as like height. Um, but I think that same typical type of guy, a backup running back, right? And yep. there's nothing like, you know, even like a, a, you know, I could see him. He's kind of like a Jamal Williams now that I think about it a little bit. Right. Like some back guys to that, yeah. like a good running back. Definitely. Well, and a guy that I think can be a useful starter, not a full season. Right. Exactly. Like Foreman, exactly. Williams, guys that hey, come two, three you weeks. A week. Yes, yep. absolutely. All right, so to finish off the first half of the running back class of the 2022 NFL draft, we are going to go over these five and rank them one through five where Matt and I would line them up and take them in order. So, Matt, I'll let you start. Who's your five? What's the list for you here? Let's do it. And I think I might make a change here kind of uh, off the cuff. But first and foremost, I mentioned it during the podcast, Brees Hall, no questions asked. Number one, I would be okay taking him end of the first. I don't think it will happen. Brees Hall, I think, is my number one, no question. Um, Isaiah Spiller coming in at number two. This was an easy one as well. Number three was hard. I really wanted to go with Kendry Brooks, number three, uh, just because I do like Kennedy. what I saw on tape. Kennedy Brooks, number three, but I can't do it. I have to go with our boy Walker, the third. I think when you're talking about overall ability, you're talking about Kenneth having the chance to be a starter, to be an explosive player. We don't see those same things with Brooks. So we're going to go with Kenneth Walker, the third, number three. And then we'll go with Kennedy Brooks, number four. And then Kyron Williams, I got to put you number five. You just don't show me enough to enter the top four here. Yeah, so my list is pretty similar. I've got Brees uh, Hall number one as well. I'm going to put Walker above Isaiah Spiller. I think just because of the ceiling, I think his ceiling is higher. And I think it's not 100% Spiller's fault. Um Walker just showed me a lot more this past year, and that's kind of what sold me over Spiller. Like Spiller a lot, I got him at number three, and then I agree with you. I'm actually going to put um, Kennedy Brooks number four, and then uh, Kyron Walker or Williams, excuse me, number five, just because I think Kyron Williams. I think we know exactly what he can be in the NFL, whereas Brooks actually has the potential to maybe be a starter. Maybe you know he does have a shot at it. 
Well, I think those four or five, they're probably fourth round guys. Um, oh, 100%. You know, yeah. You take Brooks in the fourth, you can miss. But if you get him at the in the fourth and he becomes more of a Javante Williams, damn, Shit. you got to steal, right? Like yeah. it's a steal. So I, I'm okay. I love that. I think that is the perfect place for both of us to have him. And I think you're spot on. Williams, he's going to be a great four or five round back. He's going to give you four years on a rookie deal. But Brooks could be a guy. All right, everyone. So we are going to be back next Thursday's draft series, rounding out the running back class, going through the next five. Um, we're going to pick and choose. We're going to talk about some sleepers, guys that you should keep an eye on, because now we're definitely getting into the gentlemen that are the fourth round, the undrafted. But we're going to go ahead, dive through all their tape, pick out some of our sleepers and who we like the most. And then, of course, on Tuesday, we'll be back with a recap of this weekend in sports. Maybe fucking Manfred will get his shit together and actually try and bring back Major League Baseball because we have lost games. And as always, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram for daily updates, tweets, and posts at PitcherBetPod. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Peace out.